You are listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast, where we try to help people globally build wealth in a halal way. We hope you find it useful and fun. Anything you hear in this podcast is not to be understood as personalized financial or investment advice and only represents the views of the speaker. Investing entails risk, including loss of principal. Be sure to do your own due diligence before you make any investment decisions. Assalamu alaikum. There are four main conditions for an asset to be zakatable, meaning to owe zakat on it. As we cover these four conditions, we'll figure out how to pay zakat on cryptocurrencies. The first condition for an asset to be zakatable is that it should be considered mal. And mal is an Arabic word that refers to anything that a person can have exclusive ownership of and control over. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Take, O Muhammad, from their wealth a charity by which you purify them and cause them increase. Can you have exclusive ownership and control of cryptocurrency? Yes, you can. So the first condition of an asset to be zakatable is met with cryptocurrencies. The second condition is al-namat or growth. In the scholarship I've read about zakat, they like to divide assets to growth assets and non-growth assets, hence the name that they gave this condition, which is al-namat. However, I'd like to explain this point using my own method, because I think it may be easier to comprehend. Assets in general are either being used, consumed, or traded. Now, if you are using or consuming an asset, it is not zakatable. If you are trading the asset, or the asset is being groomed for trading, such as livestock and crops, then it is zakatable. Let's consider the example of a house to understand this point clearly. My family and I are living in this house. Therefore, it is being used. Therefore, it is not zakatable. Assume next year I moved out of this house and I leased it to a tenant. Is the house being used? Yes, it still is. The tenant is using the house for shelter. Therefore, it is still not zakatable. The rent payments I'm collecting are zakatable if they meet the rest of the conditions we're going to mention, but the asset generating the rent, namely the house, is not. Now consider the year after that, I get tired of being a landlord and I decide to put the house up for sale. Is the house still being used? No. Therefore, while the house is being offered for sale, it is zakatable. So really, assets in Islam are either being productive, providing a service, or they are taxed with zakat. This has the benefit of preventing hoarding, which ultimately impoverishes society. On the topic of zakat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains, so that it will not be a perpetual distribution between the rich among you. So now that we inshallah understand this point, let's talk about cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies are unique in that most have a dual nature. They can act as useful assets, provide an extremely wide range of possible utilities from securing a network and increasing the reliability of transactions on that network to providing storage and computing power. Following the same logic that we saw with the house example, and here I should mention that this is ijtihad on my part based on qiyas or reasoning by analogy. Following the same logic, cryptocurrencies which are providing a service are not zakatable while they are providing the service. For example, let's say you're staking a particular cryptocurrency and this staking process is providing or helping to provide storage capacity for the network 
that this cryptocurrency is connecting to. This staked cryptocurrency is, in my opinion, not zakatable because it is providing a service. The reward or rent your cryptocurrency is generating, this is zakatable, but not the staked cryptocurrency itself that is providing the service. Unstake this cryptocurrency and it becomes zakatable. So the cryptocurrency you have, which is being useful and providing a service, is not zakatable. The cryptocurrency, which is just sitting in a brokerage account or crypto wallet, it isn't being used for anything. It isn't providing a service. You're just hoping it goes up in price so you can sell it for a profit or at least just maintain its purchasing power over time. That would be zakatable. So again, if the cryptocurrency is being used productively, not zakatable. If it isn't and instead just sitting idly in savings or slated for trade, then it is zakatable. My apologies, where are my manners? I haven't introduced myself. If you're new here, my name is Rekhan Kayeli, founder of practicalislamicfinance.com, where we help people globally build wealth in a halal way. To follow my crypto and stock portfolios and access exclusive content, consider becoming a member, link in the description. And now the third condition for zakat is meeting al-nisab. Al-nisab refers to the minimum amount you have in order to owe zakat. And here here I find the most appropriate measure to use for nisab of cryptocurrencies is the nisab of gold and silver, which is 85 grams for gold and 595 grams for silver. As of the date of recording this, 85 grams of gold trades for around $5,400 and 595 grams of silver trades for around $490. So which standard should you use, the gold or the silver? Well, if using the silver standard causes you to owe an amount that you need for essentials, then I would use the gold standard. That said, if you have money needed for essentials parked in cryptocurrency, you're probably over-invested. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile, and you really shouldn't have needed essential money invested there. Keep in mind, you pay zakat on the entire amount, not just the amount above Nisab. So for example, let's say you have $6,000 in Bitcoin that meets all the conditions for zakat. You're using the gold standard for Nisab. You wouldn't just pay zakat on 6,000 minus 5,400, which is the approximate amount of the nisab, and therefore just pay the zakat on $600, the difference between the two, you would pay zakat on the entire $6,000. I should also mention here that debt plays a role in determining whether or not you have nisab. The basic principle is that debts are deducted from wealth, and if the remainder is still above the nisab threshold, zakat is payable. Otherwise, it isn't. However, this is a lengthy topic and there are some details that need fleshing out, which could get complicated. So be sure to do your own due diligence on this matter to figure out your exact obligation. The fourth condition for zakat is al-hawl, which basically refers to the time period that you've had the wealth. This condition is pretty easy to understand. Zakat on currency type assets like cryptocurrency becomes due when you've had them for one lunar year or 354 days. So assuming your holdings of cryptocurrency meet the conditions we've mentioned, how much zakat should you pay? In the authenticated hadith, the Prophet peace be upon him used to take from every 20 dinars or more half a dinar and from 40 dinars one dinar, which comes out to 2.5 
0.5%. Dinars were made of gold, so logically, the amount of zakat you owe on assets like gold, such as cryptocurrencies, is 2.5%. You want a place where you can see your holdings if you have cryptocurrency holdings in multiple brokerage accounts and you want to see them all in the same place. Use the app Coin Tracker. I use it. And it also helps when you're calculating your tax obligations, not just for Zakat. Link to Cointracker is in the description. And if you use it, you'll be helping out the channel. And by the way, everything I said is the result of my research. Be sure to consult multiple sources and follow that which has the most supporting evidence for it. I hope this helped, inshallah. If you want to see the cryptos I'm invested in and stocks and access privileged content, make sure to become a PIF member. Until next time, make sure to take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you all.